as we discuss, got my coffee table. Uh, as we discuss uh, kind of spiritual practices and we kind of look at them, uh, scripture obviously should play a significant role, right? This this text is is sacred to our religious traditions. Right? It says that all scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking with great patience and careful instruction. There's other passages where it says we, we take this scripture, this text, and we, we hide it in our heart so that we don't sin against God. Right? We don't have to remember necessarily everything, but if, if, if we actually have taken this text and we familiarize ourselves with it and we, we hide it in our heart, then and kind of out of our natural goings about, we might be consistent with the God who ordained this. Um, there's some challenges around it because uh, I think when people talk about reading scripture, uh, I know that some are like, oh, we're going to study this. And we're just going to, you know, but I'm not a scholar or a theologian. And so I'm reading it and, and dissecting it and I'm looking at uh, original language and things and and, and they, some people really can geek out about it. Um, and I know others who are like, okay, well, I know reading scripture is important, so I try to read it. Um, and so, and it also makes sense in modern, you know, we, you start most books at the beginning. It's like, this is it, I'm going to read scripture. And so they open up and, and they get to Genesis, which is kind of okay. It's still story-ish. Um, but a little bit hard, and, and then, you know, Exodus is still a bit of a... Then you start to get into, like, Leviticus, which is just the weird... And all of a sudden, they're like, man, I, I tried reading the Bible once, and I didn't get very far. Like, I got to Leviticus, and it just it just shut me down, right? Um, and so, so context and understanding it can be, be a challenge. And I know sometimes people read it, and, and they, they feel dry. It's an older text written in the context of a culture that we don't live in anymore. And so even just some of the, the things they write, we're like, what? I don't understand. Um, I was talking with some of you around scripture, and I, I know some of you guys are on reading plans where like, you read a, just a kind of a Bible app or, or forever you take one chunk from the Old Testament, a little chunk from the New Testament, and then from like Psalms or Proverbs. And if you do that, you can get through the Bible in a year. Um, and which is really great. I was reading and listening to a guy, who, a Catholic priest, who was talking about some of the reading plans and what, you know, in a, in a year. And he's like, I want you to encourage you, like, give yourself some grace because I do those one year in the Bible things and it always takes me two. Um, and so uh, also we're remembering as we talk about being playful about spiritual practice, we're going to be um, gracious with ourselves. We're going to try some things and see what works, what we connect with. Um, but we're not going to hold it so like rigid that it becomes not beneficial to us. Right? Our spiritual practices, our spiritual disciplines, how we engage, they're meant to help us to connect to a divine God. That through maybe reading scripture, we would know God and we would become known by God. Not, oh, did you read it every day? Oh, you missed one. I expect it right. We're not, we're not so rigid that it becomes um, oppressive. 
should be something that's giving life to us. Um, so there's a couple different ways around reading scripture, and, and we just want to kind of talk about some of them and kind of be playful about it. Um, one of the methods of reading scripture is called the Lectio Divina, which is really an old tradition. Um, it's a monastic practice um, that's most accredited to the Benedictine monks and priests. And it's more, it's less about study and more about feeling the scripture and praying through scripture. Now again, as we teach different methods and we talk about how we engage, it is not to say, this is the only way to read scripture. It's not what we're saying. We're saying, here's something people have done for hundreds of years. Try it. If you like it, keep doing it. If you try it and you're like, yeah, I don't, it's not for me, then don't do it. Right? You have this permission to be playful um, in, in kind of how we lean into some of our, our practices. Maybe you like to read it cover to cover, and that's that's a way that has given meaning to you. And if you have meaning in that, and that helps you beneficially, then keep doing it. Um, some people I know, they really stuck on like memorizing scripture too. Anybody do like Bible quiz teams as, as kids where Sunday school and you actually remembered it and they would say a verse and whoever like hit the thing, you stand up and, right? We got some heads nodding. I was always horrible at that. Um, my big thing is I remember a lot of scripture and I can quote some things, but if you ask me, oh, where's it at? Or, or what some we would call the address of it, like, oh, that's John, you know, 316. I'm like, ah, it's in the Bible somewhere. And I'm kind of spatial reasoning even. So I can actually, like, before I can actually tell you the address of it, I can tell you that it's about this far into my Bible, and I know it's going to be in the upper right quadrant of the scripture, because, like, my brain works in spatial reasoning more than I can tell you that's Galatians 5, 7. Uh, and so, so I always struggle with some of those, those kind of Bible memorization things. When I worked with Youth for Christ, we had a guy who loved it. He actually memorized the entire book of John. Like, the entire book. He could just sit down and like, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't, okay. Wow. Uh, there's also a story um, that came out of France during um, some of the, the kind of post-Crusade era and, and Inquisition and kind of some of those time frame. Uh, and a story about two people who were locked into a tower. And they, you know, bread and water to eat, but they, no visitors, but they were both given scripture. And that was like the only extra thing they were really able to have in their cell. And... They both read it because, I mean, after a while, even if you don't want to read it, you're just sheer boredom, right? So they both read it. Um, one individual started to, to connect to the stories and to hear about this God and this God of love and, and took the words and it began to transform his life and to give him hope. The other person going through the scripture um, ended up being able to tell you, like, how many um, words were in it. He could tell you all sorts of details about it, how many times they used the word God, and he had kind of, with a little piece of stone, sketched out, had all of these numbers, but, but it gave him no hope, right? He learned this text in terms of words, 
and whatnot, but, but missed, like, meaning. But he can tell you all the details. And so, too, as we engage with Scripture, are you able to just say, well, that's the Scripture, you know, King James Version was written in this period by this whatnot, and here's how, like, translation goes, and, and the process, uh, you know, and... and and be all heady around some of the intellect and, and somehow miss that this is supposed to be telling you this divine love story of a God who desperately wants to know you and to be known by you. So sometimes even you can quote all the scripture you want and still miss this connection to God. And that's, that's like, this is a tool. This is simply here to help us in this connection to God. And so hopefully, as we talk about using Scripture as a, as a spiritual practice, more than being able to just recite it or tell us how many times a certain word was used, how many chapters are in it, what the shortest verse is, uh, what the middle verse is of the whole body, you know, that you would, you would find this, this actual meaning where as we listen or meditate, these words begin to actually transform our heart and our mind to cause us to think differently and to interact with the world differently. Because it's not just about the saying, but how does it actually move us? How does it change us? How does it give us hope and understanding? And so, Lectio Divina, Divina. Um, we're going to practice my Latin today, which is scary. Um, luckily, these are these are easy words, uh, and it's it's this process of reading scripture and then rereading scripture and then rereading scripture. I know, and sometimes they would say, you know, first we read scripture and then to to interact with scripture in a way that you let scripture read you. Start hearing about being gracious and showing love, like oh, I read that, but then do you turn around and are you letting scripture read you to say like, are you gracious? Where do you see that in your life, in this process? And so, typically through Lectio Divina, what you would do, and they, they say to prepare for about 30 minutes and, and kind of a little bit of preparation. Oh, i got to read my Bible, so I go and I do it and kind of check it off. But, but the idea would be to, to set aside either a space, and we talked about some of that sacred space and creating a shift so we're present last week, but to, to give yourself about 30 minutes to do Lectio Divina. And to, to begin with preparation of just praying, even before you even grab the text, to say, all right, God, Holy Spirit, as I begin to read this text, I just want to invite you into this process. Lord, help me to have ears to hear, eyes to see, um, not just text, but, but speak to me and to kind of prepare to quiet ourselves. And again, you can use a candle, you can use... Bells. You can use your breath work to meditate, however, to get to the spot where you're actually intentional and not just kind of doing it to hit your checklist. I read my scripture today. Uh, and then you would read it. You would read, which is Lectio, which literally means to read. And you would read a text, and maybe it's a whole chapter or, or the chunk that we read um, today in scripture. So we're actually going to go through, we're going to talk about this, but we're going to practice it. So we would read Psalms 119, 105 through 112. Your word 
is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to observe your righteous ordinance. I'm surely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your decrees are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart, and I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. And this would be the first reading. And you read through it, you just sit with it for a moment. And you think, what part of that text was I drawn to? Was there a certain piece that maybe it had more energy than another portion? And so then we go, all right, well, I, I really just like that first portion. That first verse is what spoke to me. And so we're going to read it again. And so we'd come back to it and say, all right, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to observe your righteous ordinances. And maybe because that's the part where my heart got drawn to, I'm going to let the, I'm just going to, you know, the rest is there and that's fine. But, but this is the part that's moving my heart. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to meditate on that for a little bit. Meditatio. So glad these are simple Latin words. And so to meditate literally just means to think. Right? To, to, to ponder, to muse about it. Your word is a lamp to my feet. What does it mean to actually give light to my feet? And, and why my feet? Why not everything? But what, what's important about being able to see where I step or where I go to give me understanding? What's the importance of the path? Is it my path? And God is trying to bring light to where I want to go, or, or is it his path? Right? In this process of sitting through Lectio Divina and the, the meditation, we're just literally pondering the words. What could this mean? Where is it drawing me? What, um, what maybe stands out to me? What am I feeling? Am I feeling joy? Am I feeling hope as I read this? Am I feeling guilt? Am I feeling conviction? What energy is this, is this text bringing to me as, as I just meditate and ponder on this second reading? One of the interesting pieces we used to kind of teach this in kind of a reflective meditative thinking process is to... Um, emphasize different words, right? When you, you read scripture and, and it's, it's handwritten, sometimes you lose, like, well, what, what is the author trying to emphasize the most? And in oral storytelling, I can do that for voice inflection. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And so in a reflective, meditative process to actually go through and take a little chunk by chunk and just shift the emphasis a little bit. And to see if that creates a different meaning or a different spark in us. So maybe as I, as I meditate or as I think on, I just read this 
over and over again, like, your word, thy word, is a lamp unto my feet. What does it mean if that emphasis is on the beginning? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. How does that, that text or even that verse just shift when we move the emphasis to, to light and illumination? What does it mean for God's word to reveal things in our life or reveal things in the world? And I think I'm more comfortable with God revealing things in the world than I am with Him revealing things in my heart because then I have to actually deal with it. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. My feet, why my feet? Like, is that what's moving me? And so, so just to kind of shift, and we would teach you, like, literally just read it over and again. Like, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Even the smaller words, a light to my path. What if we move the emphasis there? What does that mean? How do we ponder that what do we find scripture saying to us as we simply take some time to meditate, to reflect, to ponder, to muse? What does this mean? And then we would read it again, moving into a third reading or ratio. And this time it's more of a, a, a prayerful process of going through with the scripture. Not just reading for understanding or seeking, but as we pray through it um, to actually to be a dialogue with God. If this scripture is inspired by God and written by man and whatnot, and Holy Spirit and all of that, but, but that it was kind of inspired through God and the working of the Holy Spirit and, and human, and, and if this is being written to us through God's inspiration, to read it in a way of communicating back. Right? Sometimes in counseling or in sessions, um, you would be listening to someone in a good, deep listening, and you would not just say, well, here's what you should do. It's, so what I hear you saying is, and we reflect back, to make sure we're understanding that whoever's sharing properly. And so almost even moving to this, this ratio or this prayerful thing is like, okay, God, what I hear you saying is, and it's this opportunity to affirm what is there. So, so this ratio is, all right, God, what I hear you saying is that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Maybe I should pay more attention to it. I have sworn an oath and have confirmed it to observe your righteous ordinance. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your ordinance. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your laws. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your decrees are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. And we simply have this conversation with God about it. We thank you if there's a piece that encourages and like, thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for reminding me of this today. Help me 
to remember this even as I leave this, this space that we've been and, and set aside and we step into the busyness of our world, help me to actually remember this. Maybe help it to be hidden in my heart so I do not sin against you. And to just be praying about it. Where, where's this at? And maybe sometimes even as it relates to other humans, we, we become aware as we pray and we're saying, all right, God, here's what I hear you saying. We become aware of maybe spots where we haven't lived this out. And maybe it's just between us and God, but, but maybe sometimes it's between us and humans. Like, oh, I got really busy and I wasn't actually that gracious with my spouse. I didn't listen to them well. And through this praying, reflecting process of like you and and sitting through reading after reading, we realize, oh, I missed it with someone. I need to go back and talk to them. Hey, sorry. Right? It actually moves us through this conversation. And after prayerfully going through it, we would read it again. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to observe your righteous ordinances. I am severely, severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your ordinance. I hold my life in your hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your decrees are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. And I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. And after the final reading, we move into contemplatio. Which literally means to just rest with it. Right? We've thought about it. We've mused about it. We've prayed about it. And after the final reading, to just sit space for it. Now sometimes when we sit and we hold space for things, we get concerned that our mind wanders. And I would also say this is where we're going to trust in the Holy Spirit. If your mind is wondering, maybe God is sending it to wonder that way. I'm just going to rest with it. My mind, that's okay. My mind, don't try to control like sometimes the more we fight uh, trying to wrestle with scripture, like the worse it gets, actually. <laughs> so it's just like, okay. To just sit there and wrestle with it. Maybe revisit the feeling questions. After having read that, meditated on it, prayed about it. How do I feel? Am I encouraged? Am I motivated? Do I feel led to do something about it or with it? As I sat and I reflected and I read and I whatnot, did someone come to mind that maybe I need to share it with? A quick phone call. Hey, uh, Ted, I was just doing Lectio Divina, that weird thing that Pastor Stephen taught us on Sunday. And uh, as I was praying, I just thought about you, and so I thought I would just reach out. How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Here's an insight I had. 
Maybe you're moved to share it and just resting in it. And that's where I would say allow. Oh, my mind is drifting. Let your mind drift. If it drifts to someone, reach out to them. If it drifts to an action like, oh, I need to do more about the coat drive that's actually happening and it had nothing to do with scripture, but through scripture, like, oh, I'm supposed to actually allow yourself to be moved if you feel your mind wandering. It may actually be God. And so to go through this process where we incorporate scripture into our practices, our thoughts, our interaction, do we allow scripture to actually read us as we go through it? Or do we memorize it? In a way that I can tell you how many books of the Bible there are, how many different authors there are, but does it do anything for us in our relationship to God? Have we hidden His Word in our hearts so we don't sin against Him? Do we actually believe that all Scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and encouraging with great patience and careful instruction? Where do we hold it? One of the challenges that I do have with Scripture, I'm also trying to look at the clock there, make sure I'm not too far over time. Um, I hold Scripture really sacred, and I hope everyone does at the same time. I think throughout the history of the world, hold it sacred and at the same time I hold it with a little bit of fear because we have taken some texts as I've mentioned it's it's an older writing it is in a culture that isn't necessarily relevant to today um, and we don't always understand context but we try to take a passage and we can weaponize this and use it in a way that is abusive or oppressive to people and people groups And so, but then the temptation is, oh, because humans have misused the sacred text, therefore let us disregard the sacred text. Right? If, if it's been used to do harm to people, then let's not use it, is, is an argument or a rationale that I've heard. And, and, and I don't think that's right either because it's still the sacred text. I do believe that God was involved in the construction of it. And even if it's a different context or understanding, it's what they were going through in their process of understanding God in that time and space. And so it is still useful for teaching. It is still useful for correcting my mindsets and my behaviors. It's still useful for instructing me in the ways of God. And we can't just throw it out. Um, at the same time, I, like we can't just blindly take this and start throwing verses at people because it's the word of God. It helps if you can fluctuate that God part too, by the way. It carries a little bit of a, a thing there. Uh, and so, so it's this it's this thing. I, I don't want to get far from this. It is divine and I want to and I want to read it and I want to memorize it. I want it, I want it to read me and I want to have it. And, and I want to walk gently with it as I interact with with the world, right? Some, uh, 
And they're like, well, I won that argument. I thumped them, right, with the Bibles. Like Bible thumpers, you guys have heard that phrase. Like literally ended up in a conversation with somebody who was hurting. And I didn't understand being present with them or maybe trying to use scripture to be a light unto their path and just where they're at. But man, I slammed them with scriptures about repenting. Praise Jesus, I won the argument. Wow. Did it honor God? Did it draw that person closer to God? Was it restorative, which is what scripture is about, that God came to redeem us all? And that's the story of this text. But was I now using it to, to help a person find redemption and hope? But I got my Bible verses right. Because I had it memorized. Right? So it's, it's I, I just, I carry, and this is where it, it does become sacred. And it is this beautiful thing that can draw us closer to God and we can, in our ignorance, use it to, to hurt people. And how do we carry that? So I encourage you in this process of Lent, and, and if you have already done some scripture reading, um, I would love to hear those stories and even what you're hearing, what you feel like God is saying. If you haven't opened this text yet during Lent, I'm going to encourage you as a homework assignment to maybe do that this week. Um, find your Bible at home, and if you don't have one or don't know where it is, there's plenty in pews around you. Go ahead and take one. Um, but but to, to actually practice this part of opening and reading Scripture. And if Lectio Divina helps you, or if just reading and emphasizing a phrase, if you don't know where to start, I have opinions. Um, I can share those with you. Uh, but, but to lean into this process and to begin to have a relationship with Scripture. To pray, to read, to meditate, to contemplate what it says and how it might shift you. There's so much truth in it. All right, I'll share one more story because I'm over. Um, as you know, I didn't fully come to uh, church. wasn't a big part of my childhood, knowing when, when things were bad. Um, but I ended up reading uh, a novel when it was my senior year, and it. Uh, story, you know, it's weird. I mean, it was a Frank Peretti book, which if you guys have ever read his stuff, it, it gets weird. Uh, but but in this, this, this pastor was kind of being challenged, and there's turmoil in the city, And but this chunk of scripture was used in the novel. And I'm just reading this story, trying to, you know, whatever, and, and this, this, I just remember I was laying in bed as I read it, and I just sat up. Because this scripture text was just, my feeling, again, how do I feel, what am I, it was, this was like God saying, this is what I want you to do. This isn't just a text in a novel, this is literally me, the divine God, speaking to you, and I was like, oh poop, what do I do with this? I'm sure I said poop at the time, not another word. There's this section, Second uh, Timothy chapter four, kind of one through oh five. 
says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, in a view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, I was reading the NIV version, which says, I charge you, and I just found this moment like this was God speaking to me. This wasn't text in a book or just whatnot. God was literally speaking to me. Stephen, I charge you. And I'm like, oh. Um, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. And he says, preach the gospel. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but they have itching ears and they will accumulate for themselves many teachers to suit their own desires. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. But as for you, always be sober, enduring suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and carry out your ministry fully. Today, I became a pastor. <laughs> like, that was my job. Like, okay. And I didn't know what to do with it or how I, like, what that was going to look like. But I just remember, I'm in this bed. And again, it's in a novel. It's not even, I'm not reading from the Bible, but it's still scripture. And it's like, I, like, I give you this charge. Preach the gospel in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke. And I'm like, ah. And it spoke to me. And so I would encourage you through this Lent process as we come up to Easter, which focuses on the death, the resurrection of Christ, maybe open your Bible. Begin reading. See what may come out to you. Oh, I said I was going to end, but you're going to endure. One of the pieces, uh, just an illustration. Um, Sometimes when we read scripture, we think that we always have to have those divine moments. Right? So we're like, oh, I read scripture, and like the lights didn't flicker, a cloud didn't show up. Um, and, and sometimes if you've ever, if you guys done skippers on a, on a, like a lake, a flat lake, and you throw like the little flat rocks, and it just skips beautifully. You guys, everybody's kind of done that. Now sometimes when you're, you're out and about, you're walking along the shore, you do find that perfect nugget. Right? You're not even looking and you just look down like, oh, this is a perfect skipper rock. And it's like the clouds part, the shine of light shine down, and you just see it. Oh, this is the perfect rock, right? You have those moments. And other times, like you have this great lake and it's flat and you're walking around and like you're kicking and there's there's not. There's just not this perfect rock. There's not this this thing that's just gonna skip and go everywhere. And so you end up like finding a rock that's sort of maybe flat and and it's a nugget, and you kind of decide, well, you know, it's not this perfect, divine, awe-inspiring rock, but it's good enough. And so you give it a try. And maybe it goes bloop, bloop, and then just sinks, right? So, so I think scripture reading is sometimes that way, too. Sometimes we, we think, like, every time I read scripture, there needs to be this, oh, I heard from God, there's this divine movement. This, and sometimes we just go like, oh, nothing really stood out, but here's a nugget, and it's good enough. Right? Allow yourself this, this curious process of looking for those nuggets. And sometimes, again, you're going to have those moments where you feel like God is just speaking to you and charging you and moving you. And other times, like, oh, all right, lamp, light, feet, sure, okay. Good enough, and, and nothing's... And that's okay. It's 
It's not always going to be that divine. And don't, again, allow it to be oppressive, like, oh, nothing stood out to me. I must not be hearing God well, or, oh, I'm not a good Christian, or, oh, like, no, don't, don't do that. Sometimes it's just a little nugget, and it's good enough. But tomorrow, if you try again, maybe it will be a little bit more divine, and you'll find that perfect flat rock that speaks to you. So read scripture in the spiritual practice and allow scripture to read you. Take those nuggets, chew on them, reflect on them. If you want to know more about uh, Life View of Divina, also, uh, we live in a great day and age. There are apps that you can download. You don't need to remember all of these processes. It will just pick a scripture and it will take you through daily the practice. So you don't have to remember it. You can try it. There's, there's things to help in that process. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this text. I thank you for scripture. I hope that it helps us and moves us in our heart, um, that we could come to know you more, that we could become known by you, that you would give us nuggets where it increases our understanding. Would help us in this process um, to read, to pray, that we would have this relationship as we reflect and meditate on your scripture. We ask this in your name. Amen.